Come on now. Who's excited to be in the house of the Lord today? You got to make a little noise. Come on. Man, you're looking good. It's so good to see you. Look at the person beside you. Say, you look good today. Tell them, say, you're looking good. Look back and say, you don't look bad yourself. Tell them. Man, it's so good to see you all. Come on, let's pray. Let's ask God to do something great this morning. Father, we love you. We honor you. We adore you. Apart from you, we can do nothing. But God, through your son Jesus, we can do all things that gives us strength. And Father, we come here today thanking you for your faithfulness. You woke us up this morning. You put breath in our lungs this morning that we would praise you. That means you still have a purpose for us. You still have a destiny for us. You still have a plan for us. And God, we declare that today of your faithfulness, that you are so good. And you've been so good to Better Life Church. You've been so good to us. And for the next few moments, Lord, I pray all the distractions that we bring here in our minds that race us through our thoughts that keep us up even at night, just for the next few moments, God, we surrender all to you, that we will encounter your son Jesus. For if we will see Jesus today, we will never be the same. For it's in his name we ask and we pray. Come on now. And everybody said, amen, amen. You may be seated. Well, good morning. It's so good to see you guys. Happy birthday, Better Life Church. 11 years old. Are you kidding me? God is so good. And I'm telling you what, it gets gooder. I know that's not good grammar. But let me tell you what happened today. Something happened today that we've been thinking about, praying about for years. And that is the launch of Gracing Campus. Can we give it up for the Gracing Campus? Yes. You guys can just eavesdrop for a moment, but let me tell you what, Grayson, God's got great things in store for you. God's going to use you to change an entire region. We believe that and declare that. And I know if you are sitting watching there today, you are not there by accident. If you're in the house here today, you are not here by accident. I just believe enough. I am so naive enough that if you're here this morning, God wants to use you to advance his kingdom and that God brought you here for a purpose and a reason. So we got your back. We're believing great things and God's going to use you greatly. We love you guys. And let me tell you what I've already heard. I just got a text. Are you ready for this? I just got a text. And today in our very first worship experience in Grayson, we have already had over 300 people show up in Grayson, y'all. That's crazy. That is awesome. Listen, we had almost 90 kids. This is insane. They having babies in Carter County, man. Awesome. We have a relationship series next week. We'll talk a little bit about that. What causes babies, okay? All right, big boys. Talk about that. It's going to be fun. Great series coming up. Come on, listen, this has been a good series. We're talking about fresh faith and that if we're going to step out by faith, we got to have a, a perspective of faith. And I talked about what do you do when doubt and faith collide? What do you do when you believe, but then you have unbelief? And then we talked about what do you do when you get a word from God, right? When God speaks to you, how do you step out by faith when God tells you, though, know, to start that job, to take that promotion, to ask her out, can I get a witness, right? I mean, what do you do when God says, I want you to leave your family, go to that college, and you don't know no one? What do you do when you get a word from God and trust him by faith? 
And last week it snowed and it was ice everywhere, but if it's, our, it's, our, it's our motto, man. If we can get here, we're going to have church. And I know that a lot of you weren't able to make it because of that. We still had a bunch of people show up, but because of your generosity, we're able to broadcast the message, not just in Grayson, but all over the world. And last week we had the man himself via video, Dave Ramsey in the house, and Dave talked about how to have a fresh faith perspective on your finance, right? How do you win with your money? And we talked about that. He gave you some strategies how to get on a budget. That is not a cuss word, y'all. A budget, right? Some of you ladies are like, I don't know what a budget is. Get on a budget. Get out of debt, right? How to save for rainy days. He talked about that. So whether you're winning with your money or you're not winning with your money, go back and watch that online because Dave talks about how to get in position to win with your finances. And today I have a word that I believe is going to apply to you personally in your own personal life, but corporately now that we are one church and two locations. What does that look like in my life? What does that look like corporately? So if you have your Bibles, come on, go with me to Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1. It's in the Old Testament right there to the beginning of the book of the Bible here. Joshua chapter 1. Hang tight. I'm going to give you some background because I know if you've been in church before or Sunday school, I know you've heard of this story, but I want to share a different perspective on how it applies to you personally and how it applies to us. Now, there's this guy named Moses. Everybody heard of Moses before? Maybe you heard of the story about Moses. Go to Pharaoh, and he goes and says, Pharaoh, Pharaoh, let my people go, right? Sunday school song. Y'all remember that? If you don't, that, just don't worry about it. They used to sing that, okay? And so Moses goes to Pharaoh and says, let the people go. You watch the movie The Mummy? You remember that? Ten pull all the plagues. The plagues come, and all of a sudden, Pharaoh lets the Israelites go roughly about two to three million. Come on, how do you like to relocate a church of two to three million people? Right, and so they go out into the wilderness, they're out in the desert, and now they're about to take the promise, and right, God's given them a dream. God's given them a destiny, and it's now it's time to cross and, and take this promise. However, Moses sends out 12 spies. Two of the spies, Joshua and Caleb, come back and says, we got this. We can take these guys. I know they're giants, but God is good, and God's got a purpose and plan. But the other 10 spies were scared. And it brought fear all over the land. And because of that, God said, here's what's going to happen. Only Joshua and Caleb will enter into the promised land because every one of you doubted me. And so here's what's going to happen. You're going to wander in the wilderness for 40 years. An entire generation is going to die off. And then Joshua and Caleb will be the only one who will enter the promised land. Well, guess what happens? Everyone dies off, that generation. And now Joshua is standing in front of the Jordan River ready to claim the destiny, ready to claim the promised land that God has for them. Moses has died. Moses is now dead. And what he believes and what he doesn't know yet is that on the other side of the Jordan, there are seven other nations that are bigger than them. They're warriors. The Israelites were nothing but farmers and women and, and children. They weren't warriors. They've been in slavery for 400 years. And now God says, we're going to fight the battles that are ahead of you. And so now we pick up in Joshua chapter 1, starting in verse 1. You can turn your Bible on if you have to. Open up. If you don't have a Bible, they're going to be on the jumbo screens just in a moment. And we're going to look at Joshua chapter 1. We're going to read this passage and we're going to talk about how it applies to your life and then how it applies to us corporately. So if you're ready to get started, say let's go. Let's go. Here we go. Verse 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aide, a.k.a. his PA, his personal assistant, his right-hand man. Joshua is Moses' right-hand man. Moses, God said, my servant is dead. 
Now then you and all these people, the Israelites, get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land that I'm about to give you, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert of Lebanon, from the great river Euphrates, from the Hittite country, the Mediterranean Sea in the west, from Clearfield to Gron to, to Vanceburg to Ashland, it doesn't matter. You be faithful and I will take you into a land that I've promised to give you. Verse 5. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. And then maybe for some of you, you the only reason why God brought you this morning, so you'll get this right here. Look what it says. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Friends and family in this world will turn their back on you, but God says, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. For some of you, you used to know that God's with you right now. He is with you right now. Verse 6. Be strong and courageous, Joshua, because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Joshua, listen to me, bro. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it, from the right to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. How many of you want to be successful in life? Get your hand up. Come on, get your hand up. All over Grayson. Come on, you want to be successful. How many of you want a successful marriage? Come on, get your hand up. Want to be successful. Awesome. How many of you want to be successful in your finances? Both hands go up, right, and feet, right? I mean, yes, right? How many of you want to be successful in parenting? Come on, you want to be a successful parent. How many of you want to be a successful employee or employer or a manager or boss or in career? Get your hand up. Awesome. How many want to be successful in your relationships? I'm about to show you. Aren't you so glad you came to church today? It's going to be good. Verse 8. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. People want to talk about prosperity and all this stuff. Listen, we'll let God define that. I don't get to define prosperity. The world don't get to define prosperity. Your mama don't get to define prosperity. God will define what prosperous and sex successful is for you. So verse 9, God says this, Have I not commanded you, Joshua? Is it not me, the one who's told you this? So listen, one more time, and just in case you miss it, it's the third time he says it. Be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid. Don't get discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So Joshua ordered the officers of the people, go through the camp, tell all the Israelites, go tell all the people, get your provisions ready. Three days from now, you will cross the Jordan, and you'll take possession of your destiny, of the promised land, of what I've told you and promised you that the Lord your God is going to give you for your very own. The next few minutes today, I want to speak on the subject of extended faith. How do you have extended faith? In this series of fresh faith, how do we have extended faith? How do we step into the destiny that God has for every individual? Because here's what I know. If you're still breathing, God has a purpose for you. And God wants to use you greatly. So I've got a few things I want to share with you. I want to encourage you to take notes. I'm telling you, the devil hates it when you take notes. So if you want to make the devil upset, take some notes right now, okay? I mean, you can't stand it because why? When you take notes, you remember things, and you remember you begin to think about how to apply it in your life. So here's the first thing that I want you to write down. If you want to step into your destiny that God has for you, here's the first thing you've got to do. Write this down. you got to get ready. You got to get ready. Look at the person beside you. Say, get ready. Get ready. 
You got to get ready. What do you mean by that? Here's what I know. God has a plan for your not life. And you need to have a plan for your future. You know why? Because the rest of your life, that's where you're going to spend in your future. You can't change yesterday. You can't go back and fix yesterday, all this stuff. It's now moving forward for what God has for you. And here's what I know. If you don't plan your life, somebody else will. If you don't control your calendar, somebody else will. Right? It's the end of the month. And I know most of us, we've already quit our 20, you know, 2019 resolutions. And all of us make resolutions. You don't need a resolution. You need a solution to your problems, y'all. We got all these goals and dreams for our life. They are meaningless if we don't do something today. If you don't do something today that affects tomorrow, you're not, day, you're not dreaming. You are daydreaming in your life. We got to have a plan Today, this is one of the biggest tactics from the enemy. He wants you to regret your past, which you can't change. And he wants you to fear tomorrow, which you have no control over. And watch this, and you miss living today. Some of you are so caught up in your past, you're so caught up in tomorrow, you miss today being a husband, being a wife, being a daughter, being a mother, being a friend, because you are not living Today, you've got to make a plan. Look what he says in verse 2. Where do you get this from? He says this, get all these people, get your stuff and all your people. And watch this, look what it says, get ready. You got to pack up. You got to get ready. We're about to step into the promised land. We're about to step into the destiny that God has for us. You've got to get ready. I love what he says in verse 11. He says, get your provisions ready. He says, get your provisions. What I've provided for you, you know what the problem is for most of us? We want somebody else's provisions. We're talking about what everybody else has. He says, get your provisions ready because you're about to cross into the Jordan. What is he trying to say? Here's the point. Successful people get ready. Successful people get their things ready. Let me ask you, do you have a plan for your life? I mean, think about this. Have you given any thought to your life what's going to happen in 2019? What's your spiritual plan? Do you have a spiritual plan? Do you want to be closer to Jesus tomorrow than you are today? What are you doing about that today? Do you want to be a different person in 2020 than you are now, even though we got 365 days to go? What are you doing today? What is your spiritual plan? Well, man, someday I just plan to be spiritual. You reading your Bible? No. You praying? No. You going to church? No. You serving? No. You ain't going to get there. Right? What is your plan? Do you have a family plan? Think about your family. What are you doing? Here's what, here's what most people think about it. Someday. See, someday is the devil's word that robs you of today. Someday I'll spend time with the kids. Someday I'll take off work. Someday I'll take my wife out on a date. Hello, right? What about today? That's right. Man, somebody better take that lady out. And if you need a gift card, I'll give you one. Take her to Malone's and get a steak. Get me off track up in here. <laughs> Think about taking my wife on a date. Think about it. Do you have a career plan? Do you got a career plan? Well, I just hope someday I'll get a job. Get a resume together. Do you got a plan? Do you got a financial plan? Like really, man, someday I'm going to get out of debt. Someday I'll pay the college student loans off. And someday, what about today? What are you doing today? Get on a budget in fact, listen, take your phones out and shoot this and, and text the word Dave. Like Dave Ramsey, text Dave to 797979 and we will send you right back to you a free budget plan to how to help you learn to win with your money. It's completely free. Text Dave 797979 and we'll give that to you 
free. Here's a big one. Do you have a temptation plan? You know what I'm talking about? You know what I'm talking about? The sin in your life. God, it's me again. God, I tried it again. God, I looked at it again. God, I smoked it again. God, I drunk it again. God, I, I said it again. Right? You know what I'm talking about? The habitual sin that you keep doing that keeps kicking you in the rear end? The sin. See, some of you right now, it's coming to your mind. Like, man, I did it again. God, what's your plan for that? What's your temptation plan? Maybe you shouldn't go there anymore. Maybe you should take a phone and put it downstairs away from you at night so you don't have to look at that stuff again on your phone. What is your temptation plan? See, because I'm telling you what, if you are walking with Jesus today, you will be in his will tomorrow. What is your plan? See, if you're going to get ready and step into the destiny and the purpose God has for you, you better plan today. And I love this. I love, that. I love this about the Bible. He puts this in there. He says, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, we're sitting here going, okay, peace, see you, Moses. Like, it's no big deal. Are you kidding me? This was God's mouthpiece to the Israelites. This is the guy that you followed your whole life that's part of the Red Sea that went on top of the mountain and brought back the law, who went in the tent with God and the Shekinah glory fell and he stood in the presence of a holy, righteous God and now he's dead. Who's going to lead us? How do you follow that act? No wonder Joshua was scared. No wonder he was afraid. Joshua wasn't went holding on to that Moses was dead. What's that mean? Here's what that means. One of the biggest ways to prepare for your future is to let go of your past. You know, a lot of you here today watching online as well, you know why you can't step into the promise that God has for your life? Because you're holding on to something in your past. Let go. Let go. The Bible says he's forgiven you. Let go. The Bible says he... He continues to remember your sin no more. Let it go. He casts your sin as far as the east is to the west. Let it go. He buries your sin into the depths of the ocean. Let it go. And you hold on to your past. You see, listen, if you're sitting here today and something of your past, you still, still feel dirty and guilt and shame from it, that's the devil. God don't guilt us. God don't shame us. God convicts us. And it's his kindness that leads us to repentance, not guilt and shame. Guilt and shame makes you want to hide. That's the devil. God's conviction says, I don't care who knows it. Forgive me. Quit holding on to your past because you will never possess your future as long as you stay in your past. Here's the second thing you got to do. You got to stay in the word. You got to stay in the word. You got a plan for that? You need a reading plan? We got plenty out there. We'll give you a reading plan. In the next step area. You got to stay in the word. Look what he says in verse 7. I love this. Be careful to obey all the law. Do not turn from it to the right, to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Joshua, here's what you don't know. You're about to cross the Jordan. We used to sing old hymn songs about that. Right? Cross the Jordan. We're going to the promised land. The promised land ain't heaven, baby, because there were battles they had to fight when they got there. There were For the next 25 years, Joshua had battles in front of him. He's 80 years old. So you're like, I think God's done with me. If you're still breathing, he is not finished with you. Joshua is 80 years old, standing in front of the Jordan, the barrier that's keeping him from the promised land. 
And God says, listen, here's what's going to happen. you got battles to fight, Joshua. You better stay in the word. Why? Because this is how you fight your battles. This is how you fight your battles. This is the manual for your life when you have conflict in your life. Is the word of God. You've got to stay in the word. This is the manual to help you fight your battles. He says, don't turn from the left and don't turn from the right. What is he saying? Don't get sidetracked. You know what happens in my life? And you know what happens in your life when we get sidetracked? It's because we got out of the word. Because when you get out of the word, promise you, you will go AWOL. You will get sidetracked. And then listen, this is so amazing. One of the greatest promises in the Bible and verse 8, the, one of the greatest promises. There are thousands and thousands and thousands of promises in the Bible just waiting to be claimed. They're waiting for you to believe them, to cash them in. And they're yours to be claimed. If you just know what the promises of God are, you can claim his promises. Look what he says in verse 8. I love this one. Keep this book of the law, which were the five, first five books of the Bible, by the way. If you have the book of Leviticus memorized, you get extra credit in heaven. <laughs> Crazy. Keep the book of the law, Joshua, always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful in everything you do that's written in it. Do everything written in it. Then, and only then, will you be prosperous and successful. In verse 7 and 8, it says twice, you want to be successful in your life? Stay in the Word. You want a successful marriage? You better get in the Word. You want to be successful in your finances? You better get in the Word. Have your broke college professor tell you how to win with his money. Come on now, your broke brother-in-law. You better get in the Word. You want to be successful in parenting? You better get in the Word. You want to be successful in business and relationships? You better get in the Word. The Bible's full of the, all this manual on how to live your life. Why do you think the devil wants to keep you away from this? He don't want you to be successful. And that is a promise not just for Joshua, but for you. And for me, if we will stay in the word, we will prosper and be successful. I will let God define that for you. No man can define what that is for you. Let God define what that means to prosper you and to be successful. You know what I love about that verse? I love this. I love this. Here's what I love about it. God's promise has absolute nothing for me to be successful based on my own ability. Success is not based on my talents. Success is not based on my ability. It's based on my commitment to his word, which means this, everybody can be successful because you can just stay committed to his word. So you may ask yourself the question, then how do I stay in the word? That's another whole sermon, y'all. Y'all want me to preach another sermon? How do you stay in the word? But since you asked, let me give you three ways real quick. Here we go. Look what he says. He says this, keep it on your lips. Talk about it. Meditate on it. Think about it. Make sure you listen and obey it. Obey it. You want to be successful in life, watch this. Talk about it. Think about it. And do what it says. And you will be successful. Is it that easy? It's that easy. So if you want to be successful in life, you got to be talking about the Word of God. you got to be thinking about the Word of God. And then you got to be doing the Word of God. And let me tell you what, you will be successful a way that God defines success for you and your life. 
And here's my third and, and final point. Just because I said that don't mean you're getting out real quick. You hang tight. When a preacher says that, he's got 10 more minutes, okay? We're going to get ready, make a plan. Who you want to be tomorrow will be determined by what you do today. Get a plan. Get a plan of action. Get ready. Stay in the Word. Now watch this. And as you're in the Word, God will speak to you. I promise. We did a whole message on when you get a word from God, what do you do? And I love it. We talked about Peter. Remember Peter stepping out of the boat, walked on water? Watch this. Leads me to my third and final point is you got to step out. I love that. You got to step out. You got to step into the destiny and purpose and plan that God has for you. I love the word step out or step in because it's, a, it's an action word. Faith is action. People say all the time, well, I believe in Jesus. Well, good. So does the devil. The devil believes, the demons believe, and they shudder at his name. Faith means commitment, that I am committed to him. But pastor, I'm afraid to step out. How many times we've heard that? Even I said it myself. I'm afraid to step out and start a church. I'm afraid to go back to school. I'm afraid to start that business. I'm afraid to ask her out. I'm afraid what it will look like to get on the budget because as Dave said, I'm going to have to amputate the Tahoe. I'm afraid. Cut my spending back. Some of you right now, I'm afraid to give my life to Jesus because I don't know what that means for me. I don't know what my family would think. I don't know what my friends would think. If I stepped out by faith and trusted him, oh my gosh, what would people think about me? See, he knew you would say that. He knew that we would be afraid that's why three times in verse 6, 7, and 9, he says, be strong and courageous, Joshua. And he says the same thing to you. There's going to be so many things in this world, a lot of things in your life that will distract you, that will discourage you, and that will depress you. And God says, step out by faith. But I'm scared. Step out by faith. Listen, the world is against you. The devil is against you. Your flesh is against you. But God is for you. And if God is for you, who can be against you? If God is for us, who can be against us? So I'm going to step out by faith. And I love this. As I was reading this passage and thinking through this, you know why Joshua had the courage and the confidence to move ahead. It's found in verse 9. It's the same reason that we had the confidence and the courage 11 years ago to start this church when everyone said, you cannot start a church in Moorhead. It's the same reason today when consultants and other church pastors and my friends say, you can't launch a multi-site campus in another small town 35 minutes down the road. What do you do when you don't know what the unknown is? What do you do when you don't know what tomorrow holds? Where do you go when you're afraid and you're scared, but you know you need to step out? Look in verse 9, what he says. Be strong and courageous, Joshua. Be strong and courageous, Daniel. Be strong and courageous, Better Life Church. Don't be afraid. 
You can put your name in there. Be strong and courageous and put your name there. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. You hang in there in that marriage. You be strong and courageous because God's there. He's going to do something great. You go plant that church there in Moorhead because I'm there. I'll be with you wherever you go. And it feels like Moses. Moses is like, I am not going nowhere unless you go with me. Listen, he's with you. But I'm afraid to go off to college. I don't know no one. He's with you. I'm afraid to apply for that job. What if I have to? He's with you. He's with you. And I will go and be with you wherever you go. You know what gives me confidence to step into my destiny and tomorrow that I have no idea hold? Tomorrow may be the best day of my life. Tomorrow may be the worst day of my life. I have no idea. And you know what causes me to keep getting up? You know what causes me to keep stepping by faith and stepping out? As I know that no matter where I go, He'll be with me. Folks, listen, that's the better life. It's not the absence of pain. It's the presence of Jesus wherever you go. That's the better life. And there's two words here. If you, if you like circling your Bibles, I like to highlight stuff. There's two words right here. If you're taking notes, you could write down. Look at it. Circle afraid and discouraged. Afraid and discouraged. These are the two enemies that will prevent you from stepping into your destiny. But I'm afraid. See, fear will keep you from taking the first step. But if you're able to take the first step, it's discouragement that takes you sideways to keep you from finishing what God has planned for your life. Fear and discouragement. Fear will keep you wandering in the desert. Fear will keep you in the wilderness when you can be living in the promised land that God has for your life. And that will keep you from becoming all that God wants you to be. You need courage in your life? Joshua had courage, y'all, but he was afraid. Courage is not not having fear. Courage is moving in spite of your fear. That I want to go. And I love this. Over in chapter 3, Joshua chapter 3, three days later, they get everything ready. The priests are carrying the Ark of the Covenant, which represents God's presence. And the priests are walking towards the Jordan. And let me tell you something about the Jordan. The Bible wants us to know it's springtime. You know what goes on in the Jordan River in spring? Floods. So it's not like the Israelites say, hey, we got two to three million people. Let's find the narrowest passage that we can get across and get across this river and get to the promised land that God has for us. They go to the river and the river is overflowing. The river is overflowing and it's roaring and it scares them. And some of your life right now, you have a barrier to the promise and the destiny that God has for you. And you look at your marriage and you look at your finances and you look at your rebellion kid and you look at your boss and you look at your everything in your life and you're like, this river is overflowing. I don't know if I can cross it it's scary then all of a sudden Joshua tells the priest to go step into the river now just a side note here my, my mind goes 
I can see Joshua going, really? Moses gets a staff and splits the Red Sea. We got to walk in it? I don't know. This is how my mind goes. That's how it goes. So look what Joshua does. Hey, yo, priest. Come here, priest. <laughs> Come here. I want you to carry the Ark of the Covenant, and I want you to step into the water. Imagine you're that priest, right? You're carrying God's presence on the Ark of the Covenant, and you're walking, and look what happens in Joshua 3, verse 15. As soon as the priest stepped into the water, the stopped flowing and the water piled up. Don't miss that. As soon as he stepped, the water stopped. As soon as he stepped, it started going away. As soon as he stepped, God began to perform a miracle in their life. God's just waiting for you to step, to trust him, to go when he says go. Plant a church in Grayson. That's crazy, but we took a step and 300 people showed up. Take a step. Now, here's what's fascinating about this. This was fascinating. The Bible says there's a city 18 to 19 miles north of where the Israelites crossed. I want you to picture this. Imagine the banks are overflowing. The Jordan River's flowing fast right in front of you. It's flooding. And 18 to 19 miles up the road, up the road, in a city called Adam, you know what God did? God turned the spigot off and built a dam and caused the water up at Adam to stop flowing. Now I want you to picture this, picture this. The priests are carrying the Ark of the Covenant. The priest walks up and to the flooded banks of the Jordan, steps into the water. Now don't miss this, don't miss this. But the water didn't get dammed up until 19 miles up the road. That means the priest had to have extended faith and stand in the water until the water stopped flowing. Some of you about to throw the towel in on your marriage. You about to give up on your life. You about to think the wayward kid won't come home. But you got to stand in the water and you got to hold on because God is doing a miracle up the road. Someone needs to say amen. Praise him because it's coming. It's coming. Don't you quit. Don't you get discouraged. Don't you be afraid. You've got to have extended faith. Stand in the waves. Stand in the wake. Because there's going to come a moment the water will calm down. But you got to stay put. And you got to stand. And you got to believe that the best is yet to come. The first step is always the hardest step. The first step towards marriage counseling. The first step of getting on a budget. The first step of putting the Oreo down because I gotta lose some weight. The first step, right, of reaching out to my kid. The first step of going and applying for the job. The first step, put some body act spray on and ask her out, you right? It's the first step. That's always the hardest. But when you reach out and you have that addiction and you reach out and you have that problem, a secret revealed has no power over you. But it's the step the devil wants to lie to you going, no one else is going through this. Don't tell no one. We are a community of faith. We should tell everyone. This should be the place that no one hides anything. Because we're family. But that's what the devil wants to discourage you and wants you to be afraid. So here's my question. 
What is your barrier? What is your Jordan that's keeping you from stepping by faith and claiming the promise of God in your life? What are you holding on to? What do you need to let go? It's never too late to say yes to God. You know why? Because all of His promises are yes and amen. It's never too late. I'm going to ask you what to bow your heads. I'm going to trust by faith that God's word is true. And his word says, when it is cast out, when it's declared, when it's preached, when it's spoken, it will not return void. And I believe here at this campus and our Grayson campus and everyone watching online that God has spoke to you in some form or fashion. Listen, would you step out? Or would you step in to what you're afraid of? Because if you have extended faith, you will see God show up and show out in an unbelievable way. And honestly, the, the biggest decision you could ever make in your life is to give your life to Jesus. And I know some of you watch online at both of our campuses, you're afraid to take that step because, man, what, what, if, what if this happens? And what if my friends say something? What if my family, what will my wife do? What will my husband do? What will my parents say? What will, I might lose my job. Man, there goes 95% of my vocabulary. And Jesus says, come. The Bible says, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. The Bible says if you will confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe that God raised him from the dead in your heart, you will be saved. Just receive him. So if that's you, I'm going to ask you to pray with me. I say a prayer won't save you. We said that all the time. You know that. But my lips can proclaim what my heart declares. And if today that my heart declares that Jesus Christ is Lord, then my lips can proclaim it. So would you pray with me? If you want to give your life to Jesus, say, Jesus, I believe. I believe you came for me. I believe you died for me. And I believe you got up out of the grave for me. And today I repent of my sin. And I put my faith in you. God, thank you so much that you're with me. Thank you so much that you forgive me. My Father, give me the courage to follow you all the days of my life. Now, if that's you in both of our locations and you pray that with me, here's what's going to happen. And just in a moment, I'm going to pray and we're going to close this out. And when I begin to pray, I'm going to ask you to do something very bold at both of our locations. When I begin to pray, I'm going to ask every one of you who prayed with me to do something very bold. I'm going to ask you if you will grab your things when I begin to pray and you'll make your way out to the next step area. You'll see it's a big red room or red banner. You'll see it. Because we have some resources we want to give to you. But you're not going to go alone. Because I'm going to ask team members who serve in the next step areas, in the red room area. Here's what I want you to do. When I begin to pray, I'm going to ask you to stand up. And that you go with those who are being saved. Who gave their life to Jesus so you can give them these resources. You have nothing to be embarrassed about, nothing to hide. And the reason why we want you to do that is one, because we will have something we want to give you. But two, so you can beat the crowd out. Because all of our locations are crowded today, which is a good problem, right? It's a good thing to have. 
So as I begin to pray, if you gave your life to Jesus, grab your things, and I'm going to ask you to walk on out to the Red Room area, to the Next Step areas. You'll see the team members. And team members who serve in that area, I'm going to ask you please to stand and go with them. Come on, let's pray. God, thank you so much for your love, your grace, and your mercy. Thank you for life changed today. Thank you for that people's destiny has been changed today. Thank you, God, that family trees have been changed today. God, we love you. We believe that you're going to do great things. God, you told us if we will lift your son Jesus up, you would draw men and women to yourself. We thank you for a packed house today. We thank you for Grayson and for all the people there, Lord, and the lives are being changed in that area. We believe that, God, you're going to bring people from all the surrounding regions that you've called us to reach. And, God, as we proclaim your word, we, help, we pray that you will help people follow your son Jesus so they can experience an abundant life. They can experience a full life. They can experience a better life than they've ever dreamed of. We love you, Jesus. Thank you so much for your faithfulness. It's in your name that we ask and we pray. And everybody said, amen. Thank you for joining us online today. If while watching this message, you were led to take a next step or made the decision to start following Jesus, we would love to celebrate with you. You can let us know on our website at betterlife.church slash next steps. To stay connected throughout the week, download the Better Life app available on any major platform. Lastly, if you're interested in supporting what God is doing in this ministry, you can give online at betterlife.church slash give now. We're praying that you have a great week and we hope to see you again soon.